welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be a fun, amazing night tonight. I've got Christopher Ryan, who will be joining us in a little bit so that I don't have to talk too much with my ouchies. We are going to, there's something else. Oh, I should give out the number. If you want to call in tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. I had something I was going to talk about at the beginning of the show. Oh, I remember. Um, we're going to be doing a Halloween special on the 29th of October. So not next Thursday, but the one after that is going to be our Halloween special. So kind of keep that in the back of your brain. Maybe get some writing done, something special to bring to that show. You can read whatever you want. We never have a strict theme, but it'll be kind of cool to hear some spooky poems. So just kind of a heads up on that. And then I'm not sure of the date yet, but towards the... Um, first couple weeks in November, depending on how soon I have everything ready, we're going to be doing our anniversary show. So if they kind of keep that as well in the back of your mind in case you're wanting to write something or uh, something special, special for that. I've got to drop my pen. Scared me. <laughs> okay. I want to remind you guys, we're going, to, we're going to go through some announcements here real quick before we get started, and we're going to do your operations and all that, but I wanted to first remind you that if you want to put together a writer workshop with us, you can do so by emailing me, or actually probably messaging me on Facebook would be the easiest. If you're not on my contacts list, then uh, it is Nyla, N-Y-L-A. Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, and you can shoot me a message that we know what you want to put together. They can be anywhere from a half an hour to three hours long. You can pre-record them at home, or I can do a conference call with you, and we can pre-record one, or you can do them live, or a combination of both, anything you want to do. So keep that in mind. The next thing I want to do is thank our sponsors for the year, for our 20 ones who stepped up and helped me cover the cost of our 2020 broadcasting license. We have, for those of you that may be listening and not know, I had some surgery done on my jaw, so I'm having a really hard time talking. Um, so if I sound kind of funny, that's why. But I'm trying here. You know, my motto for this show is we don't always do it pretty. It's not about doing it pretty. I like it much better when we do it messy, right? So it's not always about doing it pretty. It's just about doing it. So we're here. You know, we're hanging out. We're having fun. So bear with me, please, while I get through this. Our 2020 broadcasting sponsors are Debbie Kelly, Eric Sheldman, Maddie Gullickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick Clark, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, James, a.k.a. One Sapien, 
Richard Ward and Colin Kennedy Hume. Thank you guys so much for stepping up to the plate and helping us cover that for the year uh, on behalf of myself and the whole community at large. Thank you. The next thing I want to do is we are going to be going through our inspiration from the inkwell. So if you do not have your paper and pen handy, your your notebook that you write on, whatever it is. I'll give you a second to get that while I take a drink of my root beer. This segment of the show is brought to you by A&W Vanilla Age No Caffeine Root Beer. Let's see how it tastes, folks. Ah, that's good. Okay, back to the show. Your inspiration from the inkwell. I'm going to be going through these fairly quickly. And with me not being able to talk right now, you may miss something in the translation. <laughs> so if you do, not to worry, you can come back and listen to the show in its podcast form after the show is over. And you can just stop it and start it as you write down these prompts and, and things, okay? The first thing that we're going to do is your journal assignments. And journal assignments are meant to be written in hand form. I want that tangible, anchored, leashed um, tied down, whatever metaphor you want to use, connection between your hand, your brain, running down your arm, into your fingers, through the pen, onto the paper in the form of words. I want that tangible touch connection. I want you plugged in and wired to that paper. And write differently when you, you, when you write with a pen as opposed to writing on a keyboard or a phone or anything backlit. All right, so for your journal assignments, I'm pretty much basically putting my foot down and saying you absolutely have to do these in written form. Do it for me, okay? <laughs> Don't make me beg. Um, but yeah, get that tangible connection going. Really, that's it's it's you know one on one time with your brain, yoga pants time. All right. So your journal assignment number one. We are going to revisit because I think it is so important making lists. We're going to be doing them a little bit different than we did before. Still going to be writing lists. Okay. And since this is a journal assignment, so I wanted to kind of pass this on because it's good, kind of a good practice. When I'm just free writing and, you know, doing whatever in my journal, I always go from the front to back. But when I do things like this, I like to go from the back to front. That way, if I'm writing a poem and I think, God, I wrote that list on childhood memories a while back. And I can flip back to the back of my book and find that easily as opposed to going through, you know, two, three hundred pages in a journal looking for that thing that I wrote. So just kind of a tip that might help you out a bit. But we're going to be making lists. Now, when making this, the exercise is meant to get your brain moving, kind of like to prime the pump, oil the gears, move the pan. Um, what happens a lot of the time, too, when you're doing this is when you let your mind and pen start chasing an idea, one of them's going to reach out and trip you or grab you by the scruff of the neck, uh, get you by the short hairs, whatever, and poof, you're off and running and writing a poem. And these lists also serve as a great place for ideas when you're writing. As I said, you know, I'm writing something and I'm thinking, wait, where was that list of childhood memories? I can go back and find that and be able to find something unique as opposed to a knee-jerk reaction to an idea I'm writing about. So this week, I want you to start on a blank journal page 
and make a list of all the things you have learned in life. All the things you have learned in life. Write as many things as you, as you can think of and then keep it going. If you have to stop for a moment, that's okay. Just pick up where you left off. A week later, you happen to think of something awesome. Just flip back a few pages and add to it. And when you do this, really dig deep, right past the obvious, the normal, the predictable, and go into the deep, dark places where you keep the good stuff, the odd things, the interesting. Okay, again, I want you to start on a blank things you have learned in life. All right, journal assignment number two. This one is going to be kind of fun. I think it's going to be fun. We are doing our poetic analysis free write conversations. So using the first line, we're using the first line from a famous classic poem as a catalyst for this. So get your pens ready. This week's poem is absolutely probably my number one all-time favorite poem by this poet. The first time I read it, it so I could almost brought tears to my eyes, and I had this overwhelming, overwhelming, heart-stuttering, kind of an exhale-in-place, stopping of the world's rotation, utter feeling of kinship to it. I got it. You know, somebody understood. It was like suddenly, when I read this, it was like suddenly I was instantaneously taken back to the forest behind the house I grew up in and gone, went through the maze in the blackberry bushes that I had cut that led down to the forest clearing below our house. And that's where I spent most of my time as a kid, learning to dance, the dance of the trees and learning how to recognize their individual voices with my eyes closed as the wind blew. You know, if you stand there, each tree, as the wind blows through a tree, it's like an instrument. Each tree makes a different sound. And if you study them and then close your eyes, you can actually pick out different trees' parts if you know their song. It's really cool. So, yeah, that was fun. Sat down there and eating wild plums and blackberries and hazelnuts and talking to squirrel and laying in the moss and writing poetry. All right, sorry, rambling. But I'm giving a perfect example of what can happen when you start writing, free writing and just follow an idea. So anyway, the poem is titled Alone, and it is by Edgar Allan Poe. And usually I don't go into any detail on the poem, but I think that it's very relevant that you should know this before you do this assignment. So this poem by Poe alone is a 22-line poem that was unpublished during his lifetime, and it was discovered in the possession of a family in Baltimore in 1875. And the poem, when you know how people will analyze them, like we're doing here, but the, the poem is often interpreted as an autobiographical express uh, as being autobiographical, expressing expressing Poe's feelings of isolation and inner torment. Okay, the poem, however, actually a look completely into Poe's reflection of his childhood, because when he wrote this poem, he was still quite young himself. It was written in 1829 when he was only 20 years old. So as you read this, your knee-jerk reaction is going to be someone looking back at a reflection of their entire life from a mature adult's troubled perspective. But instead, when you read this, I want you to remember 
that he was 20 years old and just learning who he was and dealing with all this shit inside of his head, he would not be looking at it the same way at 20 that he would much later in life. So I want you to look at it with that perspective, like you're, you're listening to a 20-year-old, because you are. All right, again, the poem is titled Alone. It is by Edgar Allan Poe, and the first line in it is, From my childhood's hour, I have not been as others were. In fact, I'm going to... There's a recording of it I have on here, I believe. I'm going to play it real quick. It's real short. It's only 22 lines. But I think that it's a real good interpretation, this reading of the poem. So I'm going to play it for you real quick. This is it. Balls of Wisdom Alone by Edgar Allan Poe From childhood's hour, I have not been as others were. I have not seen as others saw. I could not bring my passions from a common spring. From the same source, I have not taken my sorrow. I could not awaken my heart to joy at the same tone. And all I loved, I loved alone. Then, in my childhood, in the dawn, of a most stormy life was drawn. From every depth, of good and ill, the mystery which binds me still. From the torrent or the fountain, from the red cliff of the mountain, from the sun that round me rolled in its autumn tint of gold, from the lightning in the sky as it passed me flying by, from the thunder and the storm and the cloud that took the form, when the rest of the heaven was blue, of a demon in my view. So I think that's a really good verbal interpretation of that poem. So I want you to still go and Google it. And I want you to sit down and read it and read it a couple times through. And then I want you to go to your journal. And on the the first line, I want you to write from childhood's hour, I have not been as others were. And then just keep writing from there. But instead of doing a traditional free write, write, I want you to explore the poem. Just start rambling your thoughts, what you thought of the poem, what you, you know, what you liked about it, what it made you think of, how did you relate to it, um, what or who did it make you think of, what do you think the poet was trying to tell you, what confused you about it, what did you think the poem of the poem's form or the rhyme scheme or lack of the language used, how do you think it fits modern times? maybe your experiences. And if you could sit with a poet, you know, what would you, that conversation sound like? Write it out. If you were to sit over coffee with Poe and ask him about what they wrote. So unre- unravel the reasons a poem made you feel the way it did. Write about your reaction to it. Ask yourself why. Always ask why. And then search yourself for those answers. Write for at least 10 minutes. Anything that comes to mind. Once again, the poem is titled Alone by Edgar Allan Poe. From childhood's hour, I have not seen, or I have not been as others were. There you have it. All right, now, time for your writing exercises. Exercise number one, writing to a scenario. What I'm trying to do with these 
first couple of ones is I try to make it so that you climb out of your brain. Every time, I don't, I don't think it's good for us to, every time we sit down, to sit down at our desk with our paper as a poet. I want you to ungirdle your brain and realize that you are more than that. You know, you, you are a writer. And a lot of times what happens when we, we, you know, sit down and we think every single time we sit down, we have to write a poem. You know, you don't. So I want you to get used to just sitting down and writing, okay? So with these, I would like you to write anything but a poem. With this exercise, I want you to write like a short story or narrative prose or something along those lines. Um, I don't want you to overthink it. I just want you to spit it out, start and stop, start again. If you change course in the story, just keep going. You can start it out later. So getting ready for Halloween and our spooky spooky show and all that stuff. The scenario that I have for you, excuse me, the scenario I have for you, this is really hard, guys, sorry. The scenario I have for you this week is to is kind of a, a fun one and all in line with, you know, spooky month. So the scenario is I want you to write a Halloween story that starts with a knock at the door. When you open it, there's a little kid in a costume, very little, maybe three years old, right? But you can see no parents or adults in sight. The little kid pushes past you into your house, looks around, and then sits on your sofa. You try asking them questions, but no reply. Finally, you reach up and try to take off their mask, but it won't budge. Now, I'm not going to go into any more details or examples on this prompt other than what I just said. You know, I will, however, say this. Anyone that comes to the re- comes and reads their story on our Halloween special on October 29th will get a special prize or treat mailed to them by me. And come and read it on the show on the 29th. You will get a special treat mailed to you from me. Again, write a Halloween story that starts with a knock at your door. When you open it, there's a little kid about three years old, maybe very little, standing there in a costume. But you look around and you can see no parents. You can see no adults. And as you're looking around, the little kid pushes past you, walks into your house, looks around, and then sits on the sofa. You try asking them their name, asking them questions, but they don't reply. So finally, you reach up and try to take off their mask, but it won't come off. That is your scenario. I always think that's a good one. How creepy would that be? (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. Next exercise number two, pick apart a prompt. This is to teach you that it's more important what you do with the prompt before you write to it than what you actually write to it. And if you do this, every single time you write a poem, it'll be a better poem than you would have written had you not done this. The pick a part of that I'm going to give you this week, I want you to write at the top of the page 
And then instead of writing a poem to it, I want you to start writing lists of all the different poems you could write to it, all the different thoughts and ideas and directions you could take the prompt. So instead of writing a poem, write the ideas for all the different types of poems you could write to the exact same prompt. The pick apart a prompt for this week is shard of glass. Shard of, again, write the prompt at the top of the page and start a list in all, of all the different direction ideas. You could take the prompt, all the things it could stand for, and then just keep going. And again, if you think of an idea a week from now, go back to that list and write it down. Always write down your ideas. All right, next your poetry prompts. Now that I got you completely away from writing poems, I'm gonna reel you back in. And poem prompt, poetry prompts are meant to produce poems. Prompts are like seeds planted, right? They're meant to grow into poems. With that said, what you do with them is up to you. The prompt can be the title of your poem, a line in your poem, or the general concept of your poem. They're, write your one through 10, I'm going to give you 10 of these. So write one through 10. These could or could not possibly, I cannot confirm nor deny, be spooky. Their interpretation is, of course, and completely up to you. But with the Halloween show coming up uh, in two weeks, I thought that I would give you some of these. And again, they don't have to be spooky poems. They can be whatever you want them to be but I kind of lean in that direction with the titles. So number one, prompt number one. One, go to hell, go to hell. Number two, thrill of the hunt, thrill of the hunt. Number three, perched on a branch, perched on a branch. Number four, tasting evil. Tasting evil in the mirror. Living in the mirror. Six. The creature is me. The creature is me. Number seven. Reoccurring nightmare. Reoccurring nightmare. Number eight. I like this one. The dead are walking out of the sea. The dead are walking out of sea. Number nine, inhabited by a ghost. Inhabited by a ghost. And number 10, my favorite, the gargoyles whisper. The gargoyles whisper. Now, you can mix and match these. You can write 10 different poems, one to each prompt. You can use line one, four, and seven, and 10 and put them all into one poem, any combination thereof. So just have fun with them. What you do with them is your business. Remember your pick apart a prompt mentality before you approach writing these. Think of all the different ways you could take it and then choose the one that, that really resonates with you. So again, number one, go to hell. Number two, thrill of the hunt. Number three, perched on a branch. Number four, tasting evil. 
Number five, living in the mirror. Number six, the creature is me. Number seven, reoccurring nightmare. Number eight, the dead walk out of the sea. Number nine, inhabited by a ghost. Number 10, the gargoyles whisper. All right, those are your prompts. Now, I've got a special one for you tonight. I'm going to try to read this live. But your prompt number two was inspired by um, a post that I did this week. And it's an example of free writing. This was a message to Debbie. She had posted a brand new picture, a profile picture. And I started writing this as a comment and a reply to her picture. So it wasn't thought out. I didn't have an idea. I just started writing and just kept writing from there. So it's a really good example of what happens when you free write. Is it a great piece of writing? Absolutely not. Is it fun? Absolutely yes. All right. So when I look at some, and I wrote this in uh, April of 2010. Isn't <laughs> that crazy? I found it in, in an old email that I had sent to Debbie. Um, but this was just a comment. It, it was birthed from seeing her new profile picture, and I started writing a comment and just grew from there. As I read this to you, I want you to kind of keep in the back of your mind what the prompt is going to be. And that is, I want you to write a poem, a silly free write poem, about coming to the house and visiting Debbie and I. What would that day be like? What would it consist of? All right. So this is a me- the comment slash message that I wrote to Debbie's new profile picture. And, and to, you know, keep in mind, Debbie's like one of my best friends. She's, she's my, you know, closer than a sister to me. And we just always joke around about wanting to, one of our favorite movies is uh, Practical Magic and the whole Midnight Margarita scene. And so we always said that we're going to grow be like the old ants. We're going to grow old together in this big old Victorian house, right? So that's kind of the theme to what I wrote here. That backstory is kind of necessary. <laughs> and so this is a comment I wrote to, a picture, or to her picture. What a beautiful picture, my beautiful bride, who I am going to live sexist, sexist with in a big old Victorian house where we will drink absinthe on the porch from mismatched, mismatched cups and saucers, wearing tutus and granny boots, and sometimes forgetting to put on our tops, but never forgetting our hats. We will write poetry and listen to David Bowie backwards, tell stories and throw water balloons at the newspaper boy who's scared, of hell, scared as hell of us. We will end books to the oak tree and invite southward geese in for tea, paint on the walls and break dishes rather than wash them. Use the pieces of glass to make an orchard of wind chimes, where on windy days we will run around in bed sheets and Christmas tinsel, pretending the trees are jellyfish with their thousands of glassy legs sparkling in a boneless dancing orgy, and we will sing to them like we are angelfish. We will sit in the attic windows on stormy days and wear men's hats and talk in deep voices. We will reminisce about our days as ship captains and pirates and how the world used to speak our names in boastful awe and timber-shivering fear. We will take turns being the pirate. When the storm passes, we will put on pretty dresses, long ones, 
with draped knitted shawls over our shoulders, with our long hair flowing out behind us like wind-whipped white linen sheets on a clothesline. As we wander barefoot along the shores, looking out to sea, calling out our lovers' names whose ship went down in the storm, we will scour the shoreline and the horizons for their bodies, cursing like sailors, crying like widows, pleading like a child for the sea to spit them back out in our best overly dramatic silent movie voices. We will run in the wet sand, holding the fronts of our dresses up like kangaroo pouches, gathering all the sea's bounty, a piece of sea glass, a sand dollar, agates, a fire-charred stick, a bottle cap, an oyster burp, clamshells, a white plastic fork, crab claws, kelp, and wet feathers. The used condom, we will pass without comment, but inwardly, we will weep for the children who fell victim to the sea. To be continued. So that is the message I wrote to her. Now what I want you to do is to write a free rant, free, free write whatever reply to what it would like, be like coming to, like we, I had a friend of mine write back to this in the voice of the paper boy we throw water balloons at who was not afraid of us, by the way, because we're old and our eyes are bad and we couldn't hit a barn. He, however, comes to work with the newspapers in his own bag of water balloons, and he has great eyesight, he says. So it was really fun, and that's kind of what prompted me. I thought, you know, how fun would it be to go someplace like that? So that's your that's your, your, your bonus one for the night is to write a reply to that. You'll find that post on my page, on my Facebook page, and you can just post a reply there if you want to. Or you can go back there on my page and read this again if you'd like to get the ideas for it. Lastly, remember our poetry projects, our goals for the year. Once a week, do something to surprise yourself, something you haven't done in a while, at least not in a long time. And then number two, write a haiku every single day. Find something out there in the world worth 17 syllables. All right. So. Remember, guys, you're not just poets. Have fun exploring writing outside your label and become a better poet because of it. Keep playing with your ideas, playing with your words, having fun with your tasks, your ideas, and your thoughts, and in turn, your muses will have fun with you. Okay? Now that that's done, I am going to play an audio track. We always stop and, or start, <laughs> stop and start every episode. There's an audio track from one of you. So if you're a recording artist or have something that you've done, you want to send that to us. You can email those to me. The word that is in the email title. Send them to the speakeasy cafe at Gmail. Put something like audio track in the subject line for me, and we'll get those uploaded to the show's library and play them for the world. Alrighty. Next. I'm trying to find the one I had. And there we go. I'm going to play a piece by Ebony Stewart, and it's called Transparent. Here you go. I always have a hard time writing about myself. It's easier to tell someone else's story, and I'm still trying to convince my shadow that it chose me for a reason. When I was a little girl, my first word was no. I bit people and stopped eating and talking at 10 p.m. I grew breasts before I knew what to do with them. See, I knew. There will be so many times I want to say yes and mean it. Biting gave me a head start at getting back at people. And since I asked so many questions, by 10 o'clock I was exhausted. My breath. 
reminding me that I was a part of some second-class citizenship in a world of dicks every time. Johnny Hart will pull my bra strap. I wish breast came with the receipt. Being a young woman is so hard. I'm the youngest of three, so people naturally love me. <laughs> I'm awkward at accepting compliments. I get all embarrassed and I uh uh my head, and the only thing I can think to come up with is thank you or thank you so much. <laughs> Translation, I'm still learning how to love myself. I've had the same best friend since I started liking people. One time. When I was 12, I ate a whole gallon of ice cream. My mom had to straw feed me Sprite and pat me on the back until I burped. My mother can fix anything. Her dimples are what gods go to learn a god thing. I've downgraded to popcorn. The first boy I ever loved close enough to forever broke my heart. My favorite color used to be pink until the same boy that was quicker than my innocence separated the purest parts of me I had left. So now, I don't do favorites. But everyone who gets me deep turns red, I've been told. I'm an amazing kisser, and on a platonic level, I give really great hugs. I use all of my emotions during contact because I never know when I'll be touched again. And the OCD doesn't help, always checking and rechecking, counting all my fingers in my head with my lips right now. In case you're wondering what number word we're on in this poem, 364 and counting. I have a stitched bond with a book of poems keeping me upright. There was a time when my parents loved each other for no other reason than to be the color black. I've never met those people. I was the last thing they loved collectively. I know a father who loved music and a mother who cried like a whisper because her lover started treating her like the bass and the snare drum. When people ask why I love the way I do, I sound on nothing but the 808. I speak in clouds and concrete, southern bread, Jamaican tongue, around the bullets in my throat, ready to go, but, 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 the same little girl that blacks out when she gets angry is destroyer of all things. My arms be like family and the first thing that ever loved you back, and I know. It sounds like I'm bipolar, but I'm not. Okay, maybe a little bit. <clears throat> it's to be expected. When you have heaven and hell in your veins, I speak in thunder and lightning, bring brass knuckles and fist fights. I knew heart when she met pain. A jungle of my time was the same little girl that ran out of paper and started writing on walls when the night collapsed into my chest. Poetry saved my life. 610 and counting. I used to think I could change people by squinting my eyes. Now I just use my words and my side eye. Mm. I'm still learning how to love people for who they are because I know being transparent isn't easy. Trust me, I know. We all right? We feeling good? You can find Ebony Stewart on Facebook, on Facebook, I'm sure. What? You can find... What are you doing? Christopher's freaking me out, man. <laughs> you can find Ebony Stewart on uh, Facebook. You can find a bunch of her tracks on YouTube. So make sure you check her out. I really use some of the, uh, there's lines in there that are like bullets. And that's one of the things that doing your list exercises will teach you. You know, you're going to be sitting there writing something and a line from that list is going to pop in your head and you're going to write that line in there. 
you know, how she had, you know, she'd be talking about something and then all of a sudden shoot you with a bullet. The way she talked about her voice being like clouds and concrete. You know, how do you find ideas like that? How do you, you know, train yourself to come up with that kind of imagery? And that's what these exercises do. All right. So I hope you do those. Anyway, now, <laughs> what comes next, you guys? If you are on hold, this is what you can expect. Again, the number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in. Remember that we do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 731 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure you introduce yourself. That is vitally, vitally important. Make sure that you introduce yourself, let people know who's reading. You always want your name attached to your work. I mean, you're basically verbally publishing your poem right now. Don't send it out there and the little without your name on it. Right, introduce yourself. Right now, you can read two poems. Keep them right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous to the people waiting behind you. If the lines get too busy and I have to change that back to one poem, I will let you know when that happens. When you are done reading, please give out your URL so people know how to come find you and show you their loves. And then remember, we are a mature-rated show. So you are bound to hear just about anything, with the exception of hardcore erotica, no bumping body parts, no tab A in the slot B, you know, no no word porn stuff, and besides that, you're good to go. I'm going to go ahead and let, real quick, area code 757, 2, and 201 know that you are not in my lineup. You're not in the queue. If you guys would like to come on and read, Please press 1, and that will alert me that it's okay to unmute you. If you are here just listening and hanging out, thank you. I am glad you're here. Enjoy the show. And if for any reason at any point you change your mind and you do decide you want to come on and talk, press 1, and that will put you in the lineup. And once again, that's area code 757-832-201. I'm going to give our first three callers so you kind of have a heads up that you're going to be coming up fairly soon. The, As I said, 731 is our first caller tonight, followed by 347 and then 256. But before we do that, we are going to be bringing Christopher Ryan onto the show. So we are going to make that transition right now. I can't hear anything. Um, I still can't hear anything. It is summertime in the 90s, before the internet, and I'm sitting on the couch with Ben, my best friend who has a bowl cut like I do. And I ask Ben what he wants to do, and Ben says what he always says. Oh, no, dude, what do you want to do? <laughs> and I don't know either, because it's already two months in the summertime, and we have done everything we think we can do. Played basketball so many times, Ben knows I will never go less. 
stayed up until midnight to watch the R-rated VHS tapes my mother owns, pulled each other around in a wagon, and toilet papered every house on the street except for our own. <laughs> and so we turn on the television, and Indiana Jones is playing. And afterwards, we go outside because there is no internet. And we stare at the big tree on our street, the tree that is bigger than Ben's entire house, the tree that we have never been able to climb because we are little kids. But now, we are little kids that just watched Indiana Jones. And so we find some old bungee cords, and the hooks find themselves in our belt loops, and the other sides tied around the branches, and now we are almost to the top of the big tree. And any time I am tired, I sit back, and I swing, and I quietly think to myself, maybe I am Indiana Jones. And Ben quietly thinks to himself, maybe this is a bad idea. And my belt loops quietly think to themselves, you fundamentally must understand my ability. But we are all thinking quietly. And so for a few seconds, it is silent. And at nine years old, I transform into things I've never been before. An astronaut floating in space. A hummingbird buzzing in place. A beam of August light floating through the leaves. And then I hear a crack, which is not Indiana Jones, but my belt loops snapping apart, shrieking relief, and I fall all the way down the tree onto my back. And Ben rushes down and says, Are you okay? And I say, I think so. And Ben starts to laugh. And I start to laugh, and I'm bleeding from my elbow, but it's just a scrape. And that means that I am human and alive. And we sit under the big tree and giggle until my mother comes to find us. So uh, how is that for a smooth transaction, guys? <laughs> We're going to try this again. We are going to welcome Christopher Ryan to the show. Hello, Christopher. Hello, Nyla. I'm sorry. I pressed a button. I can't hear you on my line. Whoa. I have no idea. I can hear you now. Okay, then. Pushing buttons. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I uh, I can do this because I'm a professional. I just can't talk right now. Just <laughs> sit there, look handsome, talk sexy, but don't push any buttons. Oh. I know it's like. But they're so shiny. I know, right? <laughs> Some man thing. All right, so. Are you ready to take callers? I guess take away my pushing abilities. No button pushing for you. Did you have something you wanted to read first before we get started tonight? Um, maybe, but it's it's kind of uh, I don't know. Now I'm all embarrassed and on the spot and shit. <laughs> Making me feel weird. All right. So, 
this one I wrote uh, quite some time ago now, kind of holds a bit of a special place. I see you there, teetering on the edge of that abyss that we have all stared into, somewhere at the edge of hope, where pain and loss chip away at the soul. I know that feeling all too well of the temptation of letting that darkness swallow you whole. But I know that I am not going to leave you alone out here. I will be that spark to rekindle your flame, and every breath I take, every exhalation will turn that little lick of fire into a raging inferno. I will be that wisp of wind heralding the coming storm, the first drop of rain in the desert. When the darkness surges around you, I will be there lighting your path, take you by the hand and cast off those shadows. Whenever doubt clouds your mind, I will be there, shoving a pen in your hand, telling you that your fate is your own, so go write your own story. I will inject myself into your veins and breathe life back into your lungs. Whenever that feeling threatens to consume you, I will be there, whispering in your ear, melting your brain with the truth. I will never let you fall, never let you drown in that feeling. Because when I was lost in the dark, you were there for me, setting me ablaze with your own spark. Aw. So who'd you write that for, Christopher? I don't know. Some girl I had feelings for. <laughs> First time you read that, it made me cry. It's absolutely beautiful. Aw. I feel very on oh, the spot. You guys are blushing and stuff. It's awesome. This is radio. They don't need to know that. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. I have been talking for quite a while now. My face really, really, really hurts from the surgery, so I'm going to be quiet. I will be here listening. I'm going to be working on a switchboard, and Christopher will be telling you his amazing words of observation on your poetic readings. <laughs> no pressure. All right. Got it. Okay. First caller. <laughs> so first caller on the line, we have area code 731. 731, you are on the air. Hello, Christopher and Nala. This is Michael Todd calling in from West Tennessee. Hey there, Michael. How are you doing? Outstanding as always. I really enjoyed your poem. Uh, <laughs> there's somebody that... I used to write poetry like that for you, and, and the first thing I'm going to read is actually about her. So, All right. Uh, yeah, I know. It's like, he's like reading my thoughts. Um, <laughs> I, I pull this up because people people are saying that Facebook notes are going away at the end of this month. I don't know if it means you can't put any more on there or the ones that you have have disappeared. So now I've got to go copy and paste my Facebook notes so I can lose them just like I lost all my MySpace notes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, this first one, which I wrote about, well, I'm not going to say her name. She still lives in this town. Uh, it's called, Do You Ever Wake Up With Bullfrogs on Your Mind? Have you ever been in a relationship that was so perfect so incredibly awesome that nothing could mess it up. Man, those moments are precious, but you know, they are fleeting. 
I had just such a relationship once, one that was so perfect, so incredibly awesome. Well, you know how that goes, but I'm here now to tell you how it went. I suppose things were a little strange, and I just imagine I managed to overlook that. Somewhere in the thread of text messages, for no particular reason, I texted, do you ever wake up with bullfrogs on your mind? I thought that rather harmless, just something to change the subject and maneuver the conversation towards something along the lines of honey, baby, sugar, sweetie pie, you know, the good stuff. The response I got back was, what in the world does that mean? Granted, I could feel the tension in the air as I thought deeply over the potential meanings of this phrase, this question. And I pondered over the numerous opportunities which lay before me were in 160 characters or less. I could make sense of all things wrong and right in this world where I could let her know, reassure her even that she was truly the light of my life, the dawning of my day, the moonlighting that caresses my window blinds in the late night hours when all I might dwell on would be her happiness and well-being and that I would do all within my power to ensure that happiness and well-being be maintained or even escalated from now till the end of time. I texted back, I don't know. I did not hear back from her for eight months after that. But as fate would have it, one day our paths crossed, and it was nothing but good times and remained as such for a couple of years. Then one day she stopped taking my texts, my calls, my foolishness, and she was, in a word, gone. Now, at a time like this, one has to begin to think outside the burn to a higher plane to seek the answers to such a dilemma in order to, well, assess and assign the blame. The mind becomes cloudy, peripheral vision blurred as things become as they are not. Comfort food in massive sugared quantities is essential. It is your friend, your ally, as you annihilate a bag of gummy bears, imagining to be those little emo cartoon characters from the comic strips. Whether you consume them all, you make sure to bite off all their heads, muttering incoherently all the while. At some point, as with all normal people, I came to the obvious conclusion this was not my fault. Stuff happens. The further obvious conclusion is I will never put my situation, myself in a situation to have it to deal with this again. So mark my words, it will be a cold day in Hades. The rivers will run backwards into the lakes. Apples will indeed compare with oranges. Motorists will drive on the driveways and park on the parkways. Homework from school will be optional. All poetry will rhyme. Wearing pants, legs, and side boots will become the norm as opposed to just being a fashion statement. Flames on a charcoal grill will not have to be fanned. Flashlights will have live batteries when all the lights go out in the thunderstorm. And finally, the lights will not go out in the thunderstorm. So there. Oh, and the answer to the question about the bullfrogs, heck, that's just an old blues song. Anyone from the Mississippi Delta knows that. In peace. Uh, I, I kind of loved it. That was a nice little whirlwind. Uh, I think that perfectly kind of captured that whole little tap dance that we do around each other, trying to open ourselves up 
<laughs> invite someone in and then yeah maybe i was just fooling around just joking i i didn't mean to do this i'm absolutely not going to let myself get hurt <laughs> when it's over it's over it's over it's over yeah until until it's not uh until we uh until we decide to jump in again and uh just lose sight of all sanity that's what this next poem's about um, okay. This one is called Get to Know Me. I enjoy walks on the beachfront, shadowed by sunset, horseback riding, bareback. I fear the saddle horn. Crashing company picnics, fascinating people I've met. On the rare occasions outed, I get off on the scorn. Can't get enough of those animated cartoon character shows especially those sandwiched between flicks at drive-ins. Runway models backstage, but not when striking a pose. Comic books sold at discount, discovered in backs of bins. I adore the moments I find myself locked in the zone, although I don't have a clue just what that might mean. By the time I grasped it, it would probably be gone. I had it in the palm of my hand, but it got away clean. I love to party just like it's 1999, although that's a lot of parties one might attend. My favorite holiday is Valentine's. Will you be mine? Hand-delivered are the best. Just too personal to send. I think it's a blast to ride in a Jeep with the top down, but only on designated trails with directional signs. Don't smile or you'll get bugs in your teeth and frown. Keep your game face on, keeping it between the lines. Water dripping from the tree, left over from the rain, even as the sun shines. I love the feel of an umbrella. When it comes to real storms, I would rather abstain. I was never much of a thundering lightning sort of a fellow. I love to read, especially a random holiday greeting card. I would rather lay in a hammock and have you read it to me. Something rhyming with Snoopy or Donald Duck, not too hard, to hold my attention. Would you mind doing this? Under a tree, an adventurer would have banked in the California gold rush, pistol on my hip, shovel in hand as I mine for the gold. I can paint you a landscape, just hand me easel and brush. I can even paint you provocative. You, you might be so bold. If you could buy me on eBay, I would fetch a pretty penny. You can have me here, free for the asking, nothing to hide. You must discern, you won't get burned. My virtues are many, but truth be told, that part about beach walking, I'll hide. And Paul. How could you lie about the walking on the beach? <laughs> Everybody opens with I love walking on the beach. Nobody likes that. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> I think that <laughs> that had a wonderful little glimpse into kind of yeah, that the vulnerability that we have, but also I think a little bit of that that fear and that random like, oh my god, my neurons are firing in all directions and I'm trying to make this all loop back around so it's going to make sense, but but what what did you say again? God, you're pretty. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Didn't you remember these born ads came out in the paper? 
you, you remember that, that came out of the newspaper and the ads in Valentine's? Everybody would put their come on in the newspapers before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I always started on walking on the beach and horseback riding. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Oh, that was a lot of fun, Michael. Um sure. Thank you. Before before I let you go, Nyla did pull something up from Facebook. It is a message reading, creating and editing notes will be unavailable after October 31st. We know your posts are important, so any published notes will stay published on your profile. However, any unpublished drafts will be deleted. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Miss. Hey, can I can I come to the Halloween show if I write something that's different from your prompt? She has a very stern look on her face, but she says, "Of course you can." Thanks. <laughs> right, I've got, I've got something. <laughs> No, it is always a pleasure to kind of hear from everyone. So, yes, feel free. Great. I would like to say that I have something for Halloween on my on my blog page at miketod.blogspot.com, but I really I don't. Everything there is it's really straight and it's depressing and it's sad and everybody dies in the end. So, so miketod.blogspot.com. Dot com. Don't go there if you want to be happy. This wow. is, I'm only happy on the radio. Uh, I'm depressed. Uh, sounds like... You know, what time it is, you know what time it is now, Christopher? What time is that? What are you going to do? It's time for me to step aside and make room for the real poets. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Thanks for your time this time. Until next time, so long. <laughs> All right. So next up on the line, we have area code 347. 347, you are on the air. Hey, what's going on? Good evening. Who am I speaking to? This is Renan Payne. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Nyla just got this big old smile on her face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how have you been doing, Carlos? I have been doing sit well. There and talk to him, and he can read. And I'm just going to sit here and touch myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Nyla. Hello, Carlos. <laughs> um, so do I get to read two poems too? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I wasn't ready. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm ready. I'm ready when you guys are ready. Okay. Let's hear it. All right. Um, title either one of these poems, so I'm not going to bother with that. Lips pressed together. Therefore, speaking is a no option. Tongue dancing under breasts, looking for requests. Skin becomes moist under the hotness of breath. She, she smells caramelized. She tastes like sweet bread. 
She advised me to proceed with caution, so I devoured her in small portions, licking the frosting off her red velvet. I could tell it was warm when I smelled it. Knew it was mine. The moment I held it, she wanted to make my black snake moan. I wanted her to stick me with every single drop of her sticky handprints and hip hickeys lost in a wet mess of, oh, yes, not an inch of dry between her thigh like honey for chocolate still, no words spoken, just tongues, lips, gums, moans, hums, and this thick porridge she kept in storage. It, it smelled like apple, orange, marmalade lost in her soft. Her facial expressions answered all my questions. Faster. She started to glow. She asked who's the master. It was not the words, more the way she said it. Made me suck on her sweet spot, praying I'm diabetic. She's just too good to be any good. But I'm telling you, it's so good. It's just so damn good. Oh my god, you're gonna have to give me a minute. I gotta go find something to fan Nyla off with. Um, (laughs) 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 let me see if I can pick her up off the floor. (laughs) I'm immune to his charms. Is that non background? Oh man! Lucky, it's so hard to talk. (laughs) That that was an amazing piece, and I think that's exactly what Nyla's talking about. Whenever she's bringing up the intro to the show, it is very, very possible just to use your words without going into like full on. flat out word porn and and this was something that just kind of sits there and teases your brain and sets you on fire it wasn't the brain getting teased <laughs> you weren't listening to oh my God. for us? I do. I do. Whenever you're ready. All right. Let's hear it. That's the title right. for that poem, Nowhere Near Her Brain. <laughs> Nowhere Near Her Brain. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this second piece also has no title, so I'm just going to go. He looked at her and said, now, you know, I can't remember not loving you, to which she responded. Presley, you turned 81 years old today, and I doubt you remember what you had for breakfast this morning. He looked at her, took off his ass, wiped the sweat from his brow, and said, 
Now, I remember when our oldest gave birth to our first grandchild, and you called his sister, and she named after you. I remember when you gave birth to our youngest and insisted we name her after you. In fact, you ain't let me name none of them children. She turned her head towards him. Use a lie. You named Thomas, she said. He grinned. Yeah, named him after your daddy. She laughed a hearty laugh. He continued. I remember our wedding day. How I just knew I was God's favorite son for blessing me with a woman so beautiful. I remember that night by the lake when I asked you to marry me for the fifth time and you finally said yes. She took his handkerchief, wiped her mouth of sweat and said, because you acted like you was sitting to die if I said no one more time. He smiled. I surely would have. They sat under a peach tree. He leaned over to her face and said, I remember the school day and the first time we kissed right here under this tree. She looked up at the tree, and there were two sets of initials inside of her heart. He kissed on the cheek and said, and I know what I have for breakfast this morning, your old lumpy oatmeal with peaches in it. She knocked his hat off his head onto the ground, making a poppy face, and he laughed a hearty laugh. Now you think in 60 years you would have learned how to make better oatmeal than that. She crossed her arms and turned her back to him. He leaned into her ear and said, I remember the Sunday evening I first laid eyes on you. It was summer 48. You were sitting on the swing with your daddy hair and two big tails, dressed as yellow as sunshine. I walked past with my mama thinking to myself, that's the prettiest thing I ever did see. And I promise, I promise you, I don't remember one single day before that. She turned to him, laying her head on his shoulder and whispered, I love you. That was anything. Okay, so the title for that poem is The Post-it Note Years. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was a really beautiful piece. That, <laughs> I, I'd like to think that's exactly the kind of relationship that we all strive for. And yeah, something that hopefully we all get to kind of grow up and witness. Indeed. Indeed. Well, since Nyla doesn't want to talk to me, I guess Uh-oh. I'll be going now. <laughs> Before you go, you have to let people know if, uh, oh, oh, what is this? He is in my top three favorite contemporary, favorite contemporary poets. I love him very much. And she loves you very much. Oh, my love. <laughs> you know my cheeks turn purple easy. <laughs> You know I get purple cheeks. Not <laughs> only when I thank you. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, yo, Ryan, that listen. <laughs> you, Ryan, listen. You might need to cut the show short this week, man, because Nyla oh, needs to listen. Geez. The show might only be an hour this week. 
I have never flirted with you. This is funny. I'm in the paint everywhere. People looking for me. I'm in the paint Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I'm written in paint. I, I believe I'm the only written in paint in the universe. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to be so busy just glaring <laughs> daggers. Right, I don't know, man. Now. You gotta, <laughs> listen, you're going to need some off for something. <laughs>
its size immense. It appears metallic with fur and wears an omen of doom, a death's head. This sphinx moves on its silken path, not noting eyes dilated with such fear. While humans take tallies of the dead, it is oblivious to the lives ending. The fearful man tells his friend of his of this beast, from monster and plague breaks from the strain, no longer concerned if he be seen a fool or paranoia defining him as insane. His friend then sits in the chair as he did. The Sphinx continues, human presence, unheeded. Level-headed perceptions not driven by panic brought the man the answers he needed. The level-headed gent explained to his friend, his monsters came from his fears perception. If he'd seen the tiny sphinx through reason's eye, there would have been no visual deception. Perceptions are a part of heart, mind, and eyes. With reason, we can discern what is real. For the sphinx, no worries. Deb's owner returns. To spider, a sphinx perceived as a meal. Empty. Hmm. <laughs> I think you kind of captured that whole spirit of Poe rather nicely. Thank you. Hmm. I I do enjoy the man. I do. And of course, that short piece that he did. And, of course, his poems, The Conqueror Worm, The Raven, oh, my God. <laughs> that just, you know, that's me right there. <laughs> no, there is definitely a reason why his poems have stuck around and really do just kind of hang out in the psyche of, of our consciousness. Yeah. Um, he touched upon not only the human condition, but certain primal fears that we all carry. And he reached out and brought those to us. Made us look at him. He's an amazing poet. He was. And an amazing writer. All right, Stan. So that's one poem down. Well, this next isn't a poem. Okay. As Myla has been pushing us to write mm-hmm. something other than poetry, this is going to be a bit of flash. Okay. But it's still going to be it's still going to be Halloween, and the title is Shadow and Scream. Her last same thought. Wait. Shadow's eyes don't glow. Of course, he could not know that, and she may never be able to tell him. His intern sat in a chair, oblivious to all around. Physically, she was unresponsive to any outside stimulus. No apparent medical reason for her present state. Yet her hands were clenched to the point that her nails were embedded in her palms, and her eyes, wild, wide open, locked on something 
Only she sees dreamless her face. A pretty young woman with as analytical and logic-driven a mind as he sat before him drained of color. Her face so taunt, it seemed on the verge of tearing. Her jaw distended and locked, mouth agape, in a grisly grimace. He and his charges had studied many alleged paranormal cases. They found them to be a combination of hyperactive imaginations and scientifically explained causes. Never had any of these field studies resulted in such as did she see or imagine she saw that could drive her from logic and sanity to this canatonic state of terror, a force unrelenting and unforgiving, an encounter she now relives while frozen in a moment of screaming silence and peace. Happy Halloween, Nyla. <laughs> that was a nice skin crawling kind of piece. <laughs> I always thought that was like an excellent prep. I have a very brevity minded form of poetry. I don't <clears throat> generally do long poetry or even long rhymes. But I thought that would be an excellent premise for someone who's into that darker side, that would be an excellent preface for them to use to go for a novella or a novel and just run with it. It's definitely a lot there to kind of, yeah, play around with. And oh, yeah. <laughs> very much in theme with, uh, yeah, our with upcoming Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Stan. Please share how everyone can find you and share their love. Well, when I am capable of it, you will find me here, of course, on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. And congratulations, lady. 14 years and counting. Bravo. <laughs> Sometimes you might catch me on World Poetry Open Mic when I have a moment, Uh, Epiphanies, you will find me on Epiphany Radio's Hurt Locker, which I co-host. You can also find me in the Outlaw Poetry. We're in Cahoots Anthology, which was put together by the late Philip Kent Church, the Appalachian Outlaw Poet. You can also find me on the 2018, 2019, and 2017 anthologies of World Poetry Open Mic. I am also a member of the Garden of Poetry and Prose and of Poetry and Springs and Grace. And that's about it. Thank you very much for coming on and sharing tonight. Oh, and Christopher, thank you for being there for Nyla. I do, sir. Uh, I've got no escape from her. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. On to the next, my friend. All right. Let me put you on hold. Next up in line, we have area code 216. 
216, you are on the air. Okay. I'm on the air. Let me turn Bluetooth off. Let me let me keep my forehound drops out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> How you doing, Mama? Mm. Hold on. Trying <laughs> to get my whorehound drops out. Whoa! Okay. That didn't work. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I don't know a lot of you. I probably don't remember whorehound, but whorehound is better than peppermint for sore throat. It was an oh, herbal no. tea at one time. <laughs> it was an herbal tea at one time, and now they just make it into candy. But that's mm-hmm. what the old people used to use for, uh, for herbal tea. It's not whorehound. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're a whorehound. It just means that. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Christopher. Hey there, Mama. Okay. I just kind of went in on uh, Nyla's, when she was reading the poem about um, alone. And I know she wanted us to do it, but if I do it later, I'll forget. So I just went on and kind of like did it uh, as she was speaking on it because it brought back a lot of memories. (laughs) And um, it doesn't have a title because I was just kind of like writing as I was reading and listening to her her um, track that she was playing about it. So it goes like this. And it's like, you know, it's fresh ink. It's just scribble. And this is what she encourages us to do. So I'm going to read it. Okay. As a child, I knew, and so do you, So when you say I was young, that means not you know, not from wrong. Right or wrong is within you, made. All you are and ever will be is in the very core of thee, the good and the bad, the good and the indecent, and all that has been innate. It's your choice to negotiate. We wrestle with those thoughts within. Some light is shed and comes to the forefront. There's one who stands in the dark, yet haunts. Who shall you as a being of reason choose to entertain as the leader of your season? From the spring summer, winter, and fall of you, you complete, you're as complete as you can be. Hearing the moderation, hear, what is this? Oh. Hearing to the, the moderation of all things, learning the formulas and the degrees, remembering to forget and forget thing to remember. All Things are relevant as to time and speed. Know when to slow down and when to exhale as you breathe. Don't hold your breath too long. Don't pretend to be strong. There's much to be said about weakness. Sometimes it's disguised as kindness. So to Poe, I owe the thoughts. And some of the things I know, 
as to be alone in a turbulent life is a time to think and a time to write. Wait for the new dawn and the sky blue. Write in the other words that were deep inside of you. Mama, that kind of just felt like being on a whole journey through life all over again. Really kind of enjoyed the way that you started that about how this is something that you felt, but everyone else kind of does too. The fact that it does kind of strike a chord really speaks to the truth of that. And I think even beyond all that, very, very much just still feels like that was very much a Mama Oladeji piece. <laughs> I'm glad that she brought the prompt up because, like, when I read it, you know, she was giving a kudos to, like, it being a rare find. And when I was reading it or going along with it, it's like my hands just started writing. I'm like, wait a minute. I can identify with these feelings and everything about, you know. Um, but he was saying at a young age, and that's why I don't really believe that Sometimes that people say you grow older and wiser, but sometimes I think the youth and the things that you think that are already inside of you are already there. And one thing you can do with a brain is um, basically learn. I would say with a brain, you are able to learn more. You're able to understand more. You under uh, you can you know read more, you can do more. But basically, the bottom line is the things that you make a decision about are already there inside of you. What you what you're going to choose, your environment and all that might have a place to play in it. But you're already complete when you come out it out of here. So all the thing you can do is just learn a little more, and then those decisions that you make along the way, you either reject picking up on, like, whatever you learn, you can reject it or accept it. You know, it's not um, it's not something that you just grow wiser. You just learn more, and you have a choice to, like, let it go or expound on it if it catches your fancy, if it fits your personality, if it fits your lifestyle, whatever. But as far as, like, I've seen children so young that just seem they got more substance than some old people, <laughs> you know. Yeah, definitely some of those, those amazing souls out there. You know, people so that, that do just kind of reach go, out and... Hmm. Okay, what? Yeah, since he was only 20 years old, I just saw a lot of substance in that in that piece that he wrote, probably more in, than some of the stuff he wrote as he was older, because as he got older, like I said, uh, he learned more. He got a little bit more confused. He was suffering from a lot of delusional thinking. And I just, <laughs> you know, anyway, that's just my take on that. So let me do the second piece and get out the way. And right. um, I'm doing the second piece, Christopher, because I think people – don't know what love really is supposed to be about. And I want to write, I wrote this piece called Love and Procreation. I think people leave the main thing out, that love is to procreate. 
And it goes like this. All I want is all of you. Satisfy my neurosis, my aesthetic desires, deepen the minds of your mind. Allow me to collect my jewels. Allow me to search your very core. You shake apples from my family tree. Let me water your family foliage. Plant your future deep, deep within. Bury promises in my fertile soil. Let's practice making perfect jewels, a man-child and a beautiful girl. In the center core of my being, like a perfect stone of jade, let me have it like I like it. Pluck these righteous peaches from my tree. Bury your seed deep within me. Let them be named for my romantic stone. Jade for our love child or Zen Yui for our son. Sustain me with your heart, phallic jade. Explore me like a diamond mine. Swim to the bottom of my ocean for treasures until my body kicks waves of rhymes unmeasured, begging for your rhythmic beat. Jade phallic of stone. Kickback pheromones of lyrical harmony. Squeezing, ravishing, enhancing, relishing the gem till it explodes. Imploding life inside of me. Filling my belly with lovely jewels. Give me all of you, excavating all of the pearls inside of me, mentally and physically. Use all of your creativity. Let me ride the waves of your agility. Stimulating each other harmoniously. Concentrating solely on your vivacity. Take all of me until our will becomes as one. I am going for the gusto, looking for my object through the fan the flames of our fiery aurora, romancing nuances of your phallic. All is all I want of you. Satisfy my nature. My aesthetic desires deepen the minds of your mind. Allow me to collect my jewels. Allow me to search your very core. You shake apples from my family tree. Let me water your family foliage. Plant your future deep, deep within. Bury promises in my fertile soil. Let's practice making beautiful jewels, a man-child, and a beautiful girl. Plant them in the center of my being like a perfect stone of jade. Pure jade or zenyui. I need every element of you transferring into perfect beings procreating new creations. Breathe me with your seed, creating perfect little you 
little knees, recreating ourselves, giving birth to your genius, giving birth to your uniqueness. I want nothing more. I live for nothing more as I have found within the earth core of you. I want to produce you and make more little gems in peace. Mama, that was something that was beautiful and stimulating and just flat out amazing. Flat out, flat out. I like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, baby. Thank you for the flat out amazing. That's my best compliment. Flat out. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. I just want the young people to see, you know, you know, don't be running to the abortion clinic. You know, if you're in love with somebody, look at procreation. Look at the meaning of sex. Look at everything except just the little tiny uh, little explosions that you get from the, you know, the good feeling or whatever. It's, it's deeper than that. And that's why I wrote that piece. You know. uh, this is <laughs> This is a very unusual time. So just looking at things in a different light seems like the best way to try and get ourselves through it all. And what better mm-hmm. place to start than with each other? That's right. It's like when you marry your wife and your wife marries you, you know, you have that initial attraction, but basically... What do you want? You love that person so much. I mean, wouldn't you just want to have another little you or another little person like the person you married or that you adore more than anything on earth? And that's what we don't want. Well, that's the thing they're trying to avoid when they're just have seeking pleasure. <laughs> like, what? You're pregnant? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of remember what I was like when I was a kid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look at the look at look at the outcome. <laughs> one just one beautiful human being, and that would be for your wife or girlfriend to decide. I mean, not your mother and father because they've already created their little beings. <laughs> I'm just talking about overall. People get this totally upset when they get pregnant. I mean, what's it all about, Alfie? Ah, <laughs> uh, tab A, slot B, and then you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean they get upset. Why do you get upset when you get pregnant? I mean that's the whole purpose: be fruitful and multiply. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on tonight, Mama. It's always a pleasure to hear you. Very welcome. Now, how can people find you? Well, I do a lot of um, hosting on Poetry Soup. I think that's the best place to really find me because Facebook is getting unreliable. But you can find me there also. A C Q U A H Aqua. Vicky, what an I. That's it. All right. I'm going to put you on hold and bring in our next caller. 
area code 815, you are on the air. And happily so, Christopher. This is Gina Storm. Hello, Nyla. <laughs> She's waving furiously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blowing kisses. That's my sister. I love her. <laughs> I didn't want to go after Mama all the days. So great lineup you got. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of tough to follow her. Yeah. All right. But I'm ready. So, all right, let's hear it then. Yeah, I don't have to get ready. I stay ready because I freestyle. But tonight I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. I'm going to keystyle a piece that I wrote this week because people forget that I'm a poet because I only freestyle on mics. So because I'm a spoken word freestylist, I don't want people to forget that I'm also a writer. So I wrote a piece because my pen had been dry for, I don't know, weeks, I think. I had lost count of the days. I was so depressed about it. So I titled this piece simply, I'm Back. And I'm going to do it because people need to remember that I'm a poet, too, because I had to remind myself. So um, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. I got to find it. I post a lot, apparently. Oh, it was two days ago. I thought it was yesterday. That's okay. It was two days ago. That's why I couldn't find thinking. I posted all that today. (laughs) All right. The title is I'm Back. And this is just an ode to when your pen is dry, don't give up hope. I'm back. I was upset, unhappy, feeling regret, angry and weary. Tornadoes and hurricanes should fear me. I was going through it. Y'all hear me? I love who I am. I'm comfortable in my own skin and alone mostly. Human connections cause my vibrations interruptions. Indoors before it was mandatory. Just my life story. Not a concern or a worry. But my immune system is compromised and I fight my body daily as I rise. Vision failing with the increase in the abilities of my other senses. Yet I reminisce. Thinking back to when I was young, healthy, and fine. Believing that the world was mine. My mind is still kind of sharp. I'm unhappy when I can't pin poems sharing my art, my thoughts, prayers, and hearts, ups and downs, tears and wilds. Was live on Facebook the last time I exchanged vows. When I'm not my best, it causes me stress, and I'll never give up. To that I attest, and I refuse. My pink and my my pen and my mic are my refuge. My space, the creative headquarters, while I get better. I'm signing the self-addressed love letter. She's back, and I'm proud of that fact. In peace. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I think that is a perfect piece and definitely something that's just going to light that fire inside. I think all of us have had that that dry spell, and it's it's wonderful to actually have something like that that does just kind of strike back and really get back to the core of who you are and to feel that flow go all over again. It's a bad feeling to not feel like you yourself, and our pins are an extension of our person. So with the dry pen, I felt like a piece of me was missing, like I lost a limb. So I'm happy to be back. <laughs> I'm going to go into my first piece because Nyla was, was talking about um, the girlfriend and the 
and the beach. And something that she mentioned spoke to me, so I'm going to freestyle about that. I'm going to title it, The Children Lost to See. This is my ode to the children lost to the sea. So they were trapped in a condom found by two girlfriends traipsing around on the beach. They had found treasures, gems, and jewels, and along with it, some trash. But condom was more of a receptacle. This is a device to keep semen from breaching the uterus and to prevent STDs and pregnancies. I see that has the need, but on the beach, when it washed to the shore, found by these queens, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, no more. These children, you see, they were floating out into the ocean. They were being surrounded by salty water and debris and wondering how this was their destination. It didn't seem like the plan that had been made for them. So as they were slowly dying because they were not receiving any oxygen, not getting to the place where they needed to be, that egg that they needed to fertilize so desperately, there was no silent cry. There were no tears made from salt that would be added to the salt that was in the sea. They wouldn't be living one day to see a sunrise or it's that they would have no future. But they really hadn't had much of a past, so I guess they had to just simply die without regret, knowing that they had had a purpose and they eventually could become just like you and me. But that wasn't to be. So I am silently saying this prayer to all of the children who are lost to see. Know that if that was to be, it would have. And that ocean that you flew away and floated away into was your final destiny. I'm Gina Storm. Thank you for indulging me. Um, I think I can honestly say that is the first time I've heard something that featured a condom that really kind of reverberated and had Touching. such impact. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't gross. <laughs> that is the power of Nyla. That was amazingly done. <laughs> I told my sister I could freestyle about anything. Hey, Nyla, you proved it. <laughs> oh, condom piece. Yay me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first. I hope it's the last. I don't think I can do it. I pulled that one out of out of thin air. Like, why would I go with this? <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's what I do. <laughs> Keep on doing it because that was awesome. <laughs> I appreciate you, Christopher. Nyla, you know I love you, sis. I, I told my mom, I love the Speakeasy Cafe. Nyla lets me come on and do rainbows and glitter in peace. <laughs> She's thrilled with it. <laughs> so, an ode to the children lost at sea. I, I thought that it was fitting. I, my thought was this they, they need a voice. I got you. <laughs> Oh, that was perfect. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Before I let you go, you got to let people know how they can find you. Yes, indeed. Um, I am Gina with an E, storm-like inclement weather. And I can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube 
under Gina Storm, Regina Brooks, which is my government, um, Storm's Cadence, which is a fan page of poetry with myself and King's Cadence. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, Storm's Cadence is also on YouTube. That's my poetry, his poetry, and our combined poetry. I am anywhere that poetry is. I'm a poetess who loves it. And if you're looking for spoken word freestylist from a female artist, Tina Storm is a girl. Thank you so much for the opportunity and the platform. Oh, thank you very much for calling in tonight, Gina. You're welcome. I love it here. The atmosphere is amazing. One love, one mic. <laughs> All right. So our next caller on the line is going to be area code 219. 219, you are on the air. Hey, yo, Chris, this is brother on the line from East Chicago, Indiana. Hey there, brother O. How you doing this fine evening? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I cannot complain. There have been some amazing poets, some great yeah, pieces on the show tonight. Yeah, behind uh, Mama O and Gina Storm, uh, mm-hmm. the, those are two of the uh, the true queens in the poetry community, and uh, and they're they're uh, they're both both awesome. They're regular supporters <laughs> of mine, and. Uh, and uh, I truly appreciate it. Appreciate appreciate the support every every time. So, all right then, brother O, it's your turn to step up to the plate. So, what have you got for us tonight? Turn it down. Okay, uh, I have this poem called. Brother O's cutting down the fig trees and not producing any fruit in his life. Now, in the morning as he returned to the city, Jesus was hungry. And when he saw a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it, believed and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. And then the fig tree with the fig tree with away, Matthew. Chapter 21, verses 18 through 19. Again, brothers and sisters, fig trees are a representation of those things in our lives that are not producing any type of fruit whatsoever. As a tree pruner and a trimmer, it's time to cut off the branches or chop the tree down altogether. New things can't grow into our lives unless we cut off the weeds and rid ourselves of the dead weights that hold us down. New things can't come into our lives until we dispose of old things. And new people can't end our lives unless we cut some people off and set our ties with them. Now, brother, what are some real-life examples of fig trees? There are people, places, and things that are blocking our path to reach our full potential. People, places, and things that are struggling our God-given Assignment and purpose, people, places, and things that are toxic and poisonous to us. People, places, and things that are impeding our progress and stunning our growth. People, places, and things that are the representation of natural and spiritual death. Picture fig trees and spoiling the rotten pieces of fruit left in the basket of fresh fruit. Eventually, they will spoil everything around them. Picture fig trees and weeds in your garden. Eventually, they will choke the life out of everything around them. 
They should feed the trees as poisonous plants. You must either avoid them or kill them altogether. And pitch and fig trees are obstacles and obstacles, of course. Either you have to go around them or hurdle over them. My dear brothers and sisters, if you are currently involved in a relationship, a marriage is on its way of dying off, a friendship that is dragging you down, a job or a career that is a dead end with no opportunities to advance, a relative that is sucking the life out of you with their negativity, a friendship that is one-sided or draining all your energy, or any other person, place, or thing that is not producing any type of food in your life. You have to cut that thing off permanently and let that friendship or relationship just wither away. Here are the more lessons of the parable of the fig tree. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? Jesus answered and said unto them, I sure I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things that's one prayer believing, you will receive. Matthew Chapter 21, verses 20 through 22, in poem. Hmm. Brother O, you definitely have this way of just kind of preaching your truth. And I don't know, it, it really kind of does just sit there and hang out, I think, in the pit of someone's stomach. There are all too many times where I think all of us can sit back and think about those people, those obstacles that we face in life that do just kind of leave us drained. Sometimes it's hard to let go of that, but sometimes that's really the only way to really kind of stay healthy, stay balanced and at peace. Uh, thanks, brother, since I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. All right, Brother O, do you have a second piece that you wanted to share tonight? Yeah, let me get, get another one. Okay. This, this, this one is called... Uh, called Being Taken Off the Single Marketing in God's Timing. My dear brothers and sisters, being single in the 21st century is a challenge because of the current dating climate in America due to the coronavirus pandemic. As much as I desire to be taken off the single market and be involved in a long-term relationship or get married in my mid-40s, I'm moderating according to God's timing. My dating philosophy today Explore all my options. Get to know a woman as a friend first. Go out on several dates before you pursue an intimate relationship with her. Take my time to pursue the woman instead of her pursuing me. And performing a complete investigation and background check, check on her before I even think about going to a relationship. Because these days, 
You got to make sure your bases are covered. My dear brothers and sisters, God's time is always perfect timing. I know that you have to endure seasons of loneliness and not having someone to cuddle with. However, your king and queen will come to you with the suspected. And I guarantee you, it will most definitely be worth the wait. While you are waiting, are your king and queen to come and join you on the throne? Remind yourself that God's time is always perfect timing. Remind yourself that you are in the season of preparation. Keep right on being yourself. And always stay true to yourself and don't change to be anyone's standards. Write down what you want a man or woman and pray about it. Continue to focus on what you have to offer instead of comparing yourself to another brother or sister. Don't be so anxious to jump into another relationship or catch someone to rebound. Keep up your appearance and hygiene. Maximize your strengths and minimize your weaknesses. Meditate on the scriptures that focus on holding on to God's promises while waiting on him to answer your prayers. And most important of all, make sure you you made the right decisions as to who you choose to be a boyfriend or girlfriend in poem. Hmm. That was another really good piece, brother. I think I think all too often people do end up chasing after those relationships just for the sake of being in a relationship. Sometimes exactly. it, it's just, you know, you see people kind of tear themselves apart for just that, that feeling mm-hmm. of having a companion, of having someone that's there. So, yeah, it it doesn't really have to be that way. And it can actually be something more meaningful than just another warm body next to you. Right. Uh, all right, Brother O, please let everybody know how they can find you and share some love. Uh, you can, if those of you who who haven't heard and heard me have not heard me before, peace have heard of me before. I can be following Facebook and the name of my brother O'Gallon. Uh that's where you can find me. That's the easiest uh, way to connect with me and uh have a lot of in good stuff coming up. So if you like to connect with me, read some of my work, um and uh, just show me some love. I truly appreciate, really appreciate uh, your support and speaking at the cafe every week. Thank you. Uh, it is always a pleasure. And, yeah, Speakeasy has been there for so many people. It is absolutely exactly. a special place. It is. Thank you. All right, Brother O. I'm going to put you on hold, and I'm going to bring on our next caller. Area code 573, you are next in line, and you are on the air. 
What's up, Christopher Ryan? Sinister Spittle. Hey there, Sinister. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. Hi, Nada. Hope she's covering well. She is a big old smile and is waving at you. <laughs> all right, Sinister. I got two pieces for you. One old, one new. We're going to okay. do the old one first, and then the new one with the backstory. The old one's just, well, it just is what it is. Okay. Digressions on primal relays. Torrential downpour, serrating moments, passing sand, raining corrosive, this insanity, rebirth, cutting teeth. Such afflictions jarringly imposed upon fractal guys. Trespassing my conscious into mirrored evaluation where inertia equals demise. Extensions stretched over now, subjected upon strain, catastrophic vertigo, mortars the grandest core, proportioned in tiny nuances that don't escape home, strewn scrapbook, shrill tantrums, infallible, loathsome, dealing, stumped like redwoods down, this drive would hear it. Eccentrically resilient I'm expelling nuclear ponderings Such fallout once silenced the rising sun's Bountiful seas Rancid in toxicity My natural reaction But a sneeze Gone is Rome Serpent's adder is willowed branches of lamister deceit Blossoming under insolent fruitings Lined up relentlessly Comfort is reverberating echoes of brash commonality These incursions know little of privacy Holler longingly Devotion exaggerates humanity let my corpse offer sacrifice among buses of the sun. Squirming pestilence are inklings of biblical rhymes spun, languishing in taupe fry pans where west over east, calm, ravished, frantic genocide, extinguishing vivid natural states, drained, universal, right? Expressed sensuality across boards of fancy. A frivolous tit, one engorged to nurture my friend banality. Wisdom must condone trivial obscurity under red skies. Jaundice will infect reasons high and polarize low tides. Vast oceans mimic. The gravity of lesser ranks is divine altar, void grain. Lopsided monotony comes robe for chanting earthquakes. Dimly lit, free of short wattage, hurt on daily nefarious bright. Poses quieted carnal blessings weekly through existential, intimate, warbling. Whimsical tunes follow varied hues neatly. Aggravated in pastel ions, embrace earnestly that which gravitates outside dreary sepulchres. Once radiant and coerced power divided amongst stout wills, guaranteed not but weak fascination side and stories better for life. Experience shortened breath and accolades mounted from that you unsung. Radular incantations of cadence billowed half-heartedly on parasite. Coming on, I find flickers free of a maturity such benevolence holds. Paralyzed navigation into a realm few have found and returning home. And peace. Mm, yeah. I got such a strong feeling of, of antipathy, of frustration, of, of, of ennui, even from that. That was quite an amazing kind of weaving of, of ideas and imagery. I'm, I'm honestly really kind of curious what kind of inspired that piece. I couldn't tell you, man. I was so high. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I know bits and pieces. Like, go ahead. Um, You know, a a lot of it actually, a lot of it is is about history. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and and how history repeats itself and how like uh calm ravish frantic genocide extinguishing vivid national states is about how mm-hmm. you know um Europeans came over and pretty much wiped out Native Americans. Um, the um, such fallout once silence of rising suns, bountiful seas, uh, how my uh, drug-induced uh, behavior was like nuclear bombings in Japan. Uh, mm. You know, it was gone. It was gone. Gone as Rome. There was no more peace. No more insanity. Um, it was just perpetual and endless state of negativity and chaos. Um, and, you know, uh, all these writings, they're all part of a book, um, mm-hmm. are like a, a, a foot mat, uh, you know, breadcrumbs back to sanity, telling me, uh, what I did and how I can come back. So it's mm-hmm. like, a lot of them I don't remember writing. There's only a couple of them that I really remember writing. Um, they're all fucking fantastic. It's one thing. I don't know how it is. <laughs> they're all great. They're all awesome. But um, I have to they're agree. all written and in, in, in a highly induced state of uh, psychosis and, and methamphetamine-driven uh, drug-laden insanity, you know. Which brings us to our next piece. Um, okay. I'm nine months sober, uh, and, and and counting. Uh, I've been through a lot, lost a lot, gained gained a lot back. And this next piece is called "Lunacy Eclipse," and it's all about my fight for sobriety. Open your heaven under the doors of my hell. Scream outward devotion and my glorious terror. Foolish incursions of playing roles can scare. Like time standing still, naked at a mirror. Boundaries, excuse me. Tension can stipulate daily evaluation and growth. Creating willpower about face and the division bells astounding. We are, after all, what makes limbs gyrate in discomfort. Tossed upon crucified stones of what is past, accounting errors. I'm inside out in disarray. Fallen between reason's ear. Choking on perpetual comatose rhetoric of what's failed. Experiencing frustration burning. Through diamond nebulous, such abstract occurrences falter, plethora's inferno. Waltz with me in treason's clarifying closure night. Drawn under starlit canopies, lightning struck. I will envelope my progressions, send them prioritized. Sobriety's got a hold on me without any regret. Feeding empowerment. Is it riddles you're mouthing to avoid hearing the clouds? Parliamentary choruses sung on the highest angelic wings. Trivial is monotony. Do you indulge in mundane seas? Blendantly sailed past you and shrouded in iron dialect, living hierarchy. Big top theatrics, the home I used to live in. Grease painted, retarded spectacle of truth fleeting. Psychotic lunar dances, openly bizarre and obscene. Was triggered bullseye shooter of criminal lunacy. Ownership of all these things brought me sanity. Grounded me. No longer a living nightmare scream. Road to redemption begins in me. In peace. Oh, sister, that was amazing. That gave me goosebumps. I think before I really even comment to to the piece itself, I really, really have to congratulate you for for your sobriety. Thank you. 
thing. It was not an easy road. Uh, I was in the trenches for a little over three years heavy, but I mean, really, there's like this five and a half year period there that I was I was using one format another for three years, really bad. Uh, no. Of course, when you first start doing it, you're like, every, you know, you look good, you're doing everything, and things are getting done, and you're like, hey, why can't anybody on drugs are bad? You can do anything on drugs, and then you turn around, and shit's falling through the floor. Uh, <laughs> you're like, uh-huh. all right, that's not interesting. No. <laughs> no, I I really, really enjoyed this piece, and I I wish it's something that you do share frequently because for a great many people, the road to sobriety is so difficult and so challenging. But this piece really did kind of highlight the highs, the lows, and that amazing feeling of, yeah, actually finding some of that strength again. There's, there's, there's triumph in it. You, you, there's absolutely triumph in it. It's, it's work. It's an everyday there. thing, but I mean, it, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely a beautiful you. thing when you see Thank you very, very much for sharing that piece and calling in tonight. Yeah. I'm glad I did. Made me feel better. I didn't get a, I didn't get a lot of groups in today, so this is one of my groups. All right. Always happy I appreciate to be there for you, man. Thank you, Sinister. Thank you. Right. Yes, I'm good, Mike. All right. You too. Okay. Next on the line, we have area code 506. 506, you are on the air. Hello. This is uh, Lady A, and I'm calling from Canada. And uh, I'm a friend of G- uh, Gina's and also Sinister. What a great poem he just read. Very much so. Man, those are some amazing friends that you have there. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. I've uh, been, uh, Gina has um, guided me through some of the other uh, radio programs, and it's been really great. So I'm happy to be here. We are happy to have you, and I'm eager to hear what you have to share this evening. No pressure. I have uh, <laughs> a couple of poems. Uh, one is uh, called Anguished Ashes, and it goes like this. Thirst, unquenchable thirst, insatiable thirst, parched, dust of dead bones choking me, blisters collect. Desert lips long bled. I crave your mouth. Darling, heal my drought. Your ghost whispers in my ear. Time grows near. Sweet thrums, my heart still strums. Murmurs, moans, and hushed breathy tones. I crave your voice on earth destroyed. Silver gray, fingers through it played. Sandalwood and lilacs mix fragrance on fingertips, tresses laid on shirt collar, distinguished debonair color. I crave your hair. No other man compares. Thirst, 
unquenchable thirst, insatiable thirst, parched dust of dead bones choking me. Blisters collect, desert lips long bled. I crave your mouth, your voice, your hair. I crave your love, gone all these years. End poem. Oh, man. Kind of just want to like scream out, somebody help you. Somebody go and get you a nice thirst quencher. Oh, my goodness. So many of us have felt that before, that longing and that ache. And, man, was this Mm -hmm. written for anybody in particular? Yes, yes. I lost my love many years ago. Um, He Um, was two days shy of his 40th birthday and um, was very tragic and um, traumatic. And um, I, I still love him today, and it's been since 1993. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. That is uh, a powerful piece, and yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I have a, I have another one. Um, okay. May I? Absolutely. This is called Wings. Tiny wings of beauty lend strength to her with lips of ruby. They carried her from sorrow. She, their strength borrows. Butterflies heard her cries, rescued her from her own demise. Willow tree at water's edge, upon the ground she lay outstretched. Rainbow wings flit and flutter, fanning her with love's hope glitter. Round and round her head they flew as they chased away the blue. Tears flow until they stop, pink and purple gossamer drops. Upon her cheeks, blushing pink, courage blown in silver streaks. Yellow butterflies with stained glass wings in her ear bravely sings. Braided hair of fuchsia pink cascades down like satin and mink. Smiles slowly reappear while flutterbys erase all fear. Let the butterflies of life carry you away from strife. Gather up all strength and love. Look inside and find your life. Butterflies will flutter by, touch their wings, and learn to fly. And peace. Mm. That had such a beautiful flow to it. Oh, man. That, I don't know. That was just a piece that, <laughs> I don't know, just brought on this wonderful feeling of serenity and tranquility. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much for sharing. It, it is always amazing to kind of hear someone that is drawing from life that's able to tap into all these different aspects of it. So Mm -hmm. thank you very much for sharing. Many thanks for for allowing me to read. I appreciate it very much. All right. How can people find you, 
share some love, give you some feedback. I am uh, Lady A on uh, allpoetry.com. All right. Thank you once again for coming on tonight, Lady. Appreciate it. Thanks. Okay. I'm going to put you on hold, and I'm going to bring on our next caller. Okay. Thanks a lot. Okay. Next in line, we have area code 240. 240, you are on the air. Hi. How are you? It's Meg. Hey, Meg. How are Not you? I missed you guys. Sometime. Give big hugs and kisses to Nyla for me. I will absolutely do that. Um, <laughs> okay. So, what are you doing right now? Um, I just I just delved in and um, I actually stopped writing for a while. I just didn't. It's like I didn't have a muse, you know. So I'm back, writing again, um, okay. and I wrote this one tonight. Okay. Um, it's not titled yet. I'll figure out a title later, but um, I did this one like an hour ago. Okay. Lost. Lost in the hope and desire of you, holding, grasping at straws to reach you. You, you deserve little from me. My love, my love for you vanished in a sea, a season of turtles, not turtled of candles, candles out, no lights, longing for a semblance of you as you, Sonic Hedgehog, Merge into senseless women. The man, the man, the once man of long ago, lost, truly lost, and pumped. Hmm. Oh, man, man. I have missed your writing. Ah, that, that kind of brought on all this, this, this feeling of... Not only longing for something lost, but also just almost, I don't even know how to quite phrase it, almost like this feeling of disillusionment. Mm. That's about where I'm at. (laughs) Mm. Oh, yeah. It's amazing what poetry you can write when you find out a guy you're interested in is quite the player. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> it's a little bit tougher to find a decent guy at 49. He doesn't mm-hmm. look like he's 72, you know. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's interesting, but this one here is, uh, yeah, I found out towards the end, and uh, mm-hmm. we weren't even dating, so it was just one of those that came up on my radar, you know, as a potential, but I don't know. I guess you, 
you have to play your cards right in the in the scheme of life and you know, you never know what it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you really very don't. Much so. Do you eat hot tamales? <laughs> Nyla just said you do know if you eat hot tamales. <laughs> I had I had Taco Bell tonight, so I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> I crushed it. <laughs> okay, Meg. Do you have another piece for us tonight? No, I don't. I just wrote this one, and I wanted to come on. You know, I'm going to start writing every day again, and so I'll be, I'll be consistent about coming here. So, just relocated to a new place in December, and you know, um, yeah, I'm in a really good place now, and you know, I'm writing, and I'm excited about that. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. And you know that Nyla is going to hold you to account for that. Okay. <laughs> I promise. I'll do it. <laughs> All I right, baby. I'm able to write them so fast. So, and I don't know what happened. I heard another lady say it too, but um, mm-hmm. I learned a long time ago there is no such thing as writer's block. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I remember. Yeah, you think? <laughs> <laughs> I used to have airplanes and all sorts of stuff in my poetry. I definitely merged back and forth, but uh feels good to have written something tonight. And it, it's been a great evening here at Speakeasy, and um, I'm glad you're all here. I've missed you guys, and I love you guys, and um, I'll be a regular. Okay. Well, Give then, my love, and and uh, you can find me on Facebook, um, and I'm also on Instagram under Matt Collins, uh, and that's about it for right now. I'm gonna merge in uh, and try and do at least a haiku every day or something every day. So that's my goal for myself. All right, Meg. I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to say definitely get to work on all that homework. (laughs) I will. I will, and I'll see you guys again next Thursday. All right. You have a good night, Have a wonderful evening. You too. Okay. Next up on the line, we have... Area code 863. 863, you are on the air. Thank I know who this is. This has to be Miss Noreen Snyder. Um, and, um, hello, come Christopher. Hey there, Noreen. Okay. Oh, I got turned. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, how? This has to be Miss Noreen. Okay, I got it now. Okay. 
I'm sorry about that. Okay. That's okay. How you doing, Noreen? Okay, I'm doing no good. Okay. And and tonight I got Gary's um I have Gary's poem, um, Laws of Life, Evolution, um, like me. Okay. Um there is a good time when there's no lid on a good and full trash can. I'm a lonesome coyote. I lo- I lost my hunting ground. I hunt all through the trash cans in this town. My mate is nowhere around. She can't find a private hole in the ground. My heart is broken. Someone has taken my hunting ground. I can't live the way I was born. I lost my mate. I might as well be dead. I may roam the rest of my life in the alleys of this town. I may never find for me a hole in the ground. The end. Oh, I have always loved that piece from him. Me too. And and you know how this came about? Um, how was well, that? We, okay, well, we were at, at, the, at the Dollar Tree, and we were looking at these books, and Gary stayed there because if we we go shopping, we we could stay there, you know, any store, two or three or four hours or all day long. We he stayed, he stayed right there in that aisle reading a whole book. He was going to, <laughs> the whole book on the coyote was about the coyote. He didn't leave until he finished that whole book. And before <laughs> anyway, he thought he took it with them. But um, he thought he bought it, but he didn't. He put it back down. So when we went back next day, it, there was no more. And that woman said, well, they they don't have the same stuff all the time because they, when uh-huh. they get stuff in. So we didn't, never got it. We, we should never found it again. Anyway, when he got home, that's how that poem came across, and he had to write that poem about the coyote. <laughs> I had no idea that's where it came from. That's yes. wonderful. Yes. <laughs> and there's no boring moment when we go shopping. You never know. Because <laughs> we can stay there all day long. <laughs> I never uh, met any. I never had any. And never met any man who likes shopping like he does. So we both were like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that it's definitely a bit of a rarity. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, okay. Miss Norrie. Okay. Can have I have a I have a poem. I'm um I I'm I'm not sure if it's done or not, but this is what I got. It's it's a long title. The day the lawnmower held me the day the lawnmower held me hostage while my man stood in terror or Okay, this is, have you ever heard of a lawnmower, a push lawnmower, that is, that took a woman hostage right in front of her boyfriend who stood in horror? Well, you just did. This is me, my story. Well, it was just a normal day. We were taking turns and mowing the yard. Now it was my turn. I was just mowing the yard when the mower decided to be a monster. The push mower had me where he wanted me. He became out of he became out of control, shaking me so hard like I was a nothing but a beanbag. I remember my hands were glued to the handle, and my sweetheart was few feet away like a statue. 
with tear bitten all over his face, and he couldn't do anything about it. I saw his his mouth moving, but couldn't hear a word he said because that monster was screaming so loud, louder than my honey. I thought maybe he wanted me to bring it to him, and I tried, but my honey kept moving away from me. I didn't know what that was going on. Nothing like this has ever happened to me. The push more finally decided she had enough fun with me and just quit like that. To make a long story short, my men said I was very lucky. I'm still standing, for the blades were gone. To this day, this remains a mystery. Where did the blades go? And to this day, I will not get behind uh, behind another lawnmower, not after this incident. The end. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me all scared. I got to go mow my lawn tomorrow. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! And I and, and Gary me and Gary trying to tell me, you know, to um to stop to get away from it. I didn't know that. That's what he was trying to tell me. This before we were married. This before he was married, and I didn't know. And I mean, I was so scared. <laughs> and he said the blades were gone. We could never find it. That's a oh, scary gee. part. Man. Now I'm scared of one. I don't think I could blame you. No. <laughs> well, we don't know what what made that blade go. I don't know how that can just go like that and we can't find it. Yeah. Wow. I think I think I'm a little scared now. <laughs> uh oh. Oh. <laughs> I want to be super cautious when I'm with my lawnmower now. <laughs> yes, yes, I would advise that. <laughs> oh, Lorraine, it's always such a pleasure to hear you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. Thank. Okay. Um, can can I read a second one? Yes, you can. What okay. have you got? For us? Okay, this one's called "The Poem I'll Never Write Begins." And this was a, came from the writing prompt that Nyla gave us long a while back last year about the poem I'll Never Write Begins. This is this what this is. The poem I'll Never Write begins when there is no more me. When I stop breathing, only my ashes remain. How can I write a poem when I no longer exist? Only in your memories. That is when the poem I'll Never Write begins. The end. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now I'm. Oh. <laughs> but mm-hmm. what if I want to hear the poem? <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Maureen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really do love and enjoy your writing. It's it's this wonderful combination of whimsical and just I don't know. Always kind of brings mm-hmm. a smile. Wow, thank you. <laughs> so, I do have to ask you: Can you share with us about your show? Um, y- yes. Um, we we have on Facebook Live every Saturday night between five and five thirty on the Poetry Club on on Facebook, and um, 
and I t- talk about um, uh, I t- pick a poet that already has passed, and I pick one of them, and I give you a background on them, a bio, and then I turn around and leave some of their poetry, three to four to five, and then mm-hmm. I also give give a, a and then I also do um. I let the girls, when they're here with me, if they have a poem or they want to read a poem, I let them do that too. And um, and then um, I also give a, a a word of the week. Give a, a I pick a word from the wordgenius.com and give give more information on that. Then I also um, give a um, a bring a poetry form, and I try to write one too with it. There's four I can't do yet. And that is the shuttle rain. I'm still working on the shuttle rain. Um, oh, what was the others? The shuttle rain. Um, uh oh. Well, there's three more, but I haven't wrote them yet, and they're hard to do. Oh, the um. Oh um. Oh, what was that? Oh, it's right. Natchers, Natchers, Natchers. Yeah, Ogden, yeah, uh, named after Ogden Nasher, because he's the one who invented that. I can't write that huh. yet, Nasher's. Yep, that's hard to do, too. For me, it is. Huh. I don't think I'm familiar. Mm-hmm. Okay, Miss Noreen, how can people find you, share their okay. love and appreciation for you? Okay, and you can um uh, find Gary and I, our books, The Hour of Truth, Two Hearts in One, and Reflections of Our Inner Beings on um, the, um, the Amazon.com. And I'm also working on another book. I'm, I'm, I'm adding more poems to it. That 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 if we, we would have had it out last year if he didn't pass away, because we're going to it's going to be love poems this time. And I'm working on that. And um. Okay, and then um, you can also find us on Gary and Noreen Snyder dot dot com front slash a poetry, and then you can find um Gary's um memorial site on Gary and Noreen Snyder dot dot com front slash Gary with two R's in it, and then you can find Gary on um ReverbNation dot com. Um, Facebook.com, um, PoetryPoem.com, and he's also Googleable and Googleable. <laughs> okay, and then, and then you can find me um, on um, ReverbNation.com, Facebook.com, and you can find me on PoetryPoem.com, and you also can find me on Code-Fi.com, and um, okay, and then um. I'm also Googleable and Googleable, and you can find us Saturday nights on um, the Facebook Live on the Poetry Club, and you can also find us here Speakeasy Cafe every Thursday night at eight o'clock. And I'm also Googleable and Googleable. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Noreen. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Let me put you on hold, and I'm okay. going to bring on our next caller, okay. uh, area code 757. Oh. oh, oh, it seems that we are having some issues with our lines. Uh, 
Mama, we are going to bring you back on. And we are going to bring Gina Storm back on. So you two better have something ready for us. (laughs) Okay. And while they pick out something, we're going to play a track. Um, Are there any requests today? You know, let's hear one from Dia Divina. Smokes it. Okay. All right. Lover, you turn my heart into a campfire, crackling every time it's poked, and I'm trying to read your smoke signals, but the sky is dark. So in this moment of uncertainty, I need you to swear to me that we have time before this fire dies. Right now, it's not too late. Do you remember how on our first date you kissed me once for every kernel of popcorn in that bowl? You stole my heart that time. We built a fort under your bed and swore no matter what they said, we'd never let anyone tell us it wasn't strong enough to hold our love. But the world cut through our canopy of stars, carving scars into our eyes, and now it's hard to see. They say it's the brightest flames that leave the deepest scars, and ours was the northern lights like Christmas trees and phosphorescence and Vega, the fifth brightest star in the sky. You and I have it all right here, so I'm leaving nothing unspoken. I want to cut myself open and bleed my dreams into your open arms, let them flow into the lifelines in your palms so you can kiss my palms, knowing what's inside. I can't hide, lover, there is no camouflage in the forest of my mind. All the trees have seen me fall to my knees, begging the stars, please, please don't come out tonight. Because I could spend a thousand moments more watching the way your lashes gather sunshine in the day, the way sweat drips along the constellations on your neck like it's connecting the dots. I'm just collecting my thoughts, lover. The way I collected flowers for our table to watch you smile at breakfast, maple syrup, on your lips will you kiss the tips of each of my fingers so I can carry your love with me all day long, point to the sky, call out to the clouds and say, look, here, there is this girl that has given me so many pieces of her that when I finger paint, the sunset is jealous, our love is rebellious, our colors don't match, but our shadows fit perfectly side by side. And when we make snow angels, their wings touch, there are things I now appreciate about winter. Like the way your breath makes little frozen clouds of joy above your head. Love, I remember how you laughed when you said, Old man winter must resent you for the way your campfire heart melts his snowdrift. And I know we drift apart sometimes. But I could find you in a blizzard because you are my favorite snowflake. When I catch you on my tongue, you burn yourself into my taste buds, bitter and sweet, but mostly sweet. You sound like bells to me. Long after we part, you leave parts of me longing. You'll still be ringing in my ears for years after this moment in time. You make me feel like dancing and singing and swinging. You make me love all the verbs, running, jumping, fucking, driving, as in you're driving me crazy because you do. But I keep diving into you again and again. I'm submersed in you, love. I quench my thirst at your shores. Now I want to wash my heart in your river. Come clean in the depths of your ocean. And when I'm drowning in you, I'll watch your tears become part of my body, overflowing my belly button, spilling down my chest. I'm filling the rest of you up with moonlight. 
so you'll never know darkness on the inside because you, you did the same for me. You are my nightlight. You fit just right on my pillow even when we fight bitterly. I want you next to me while I sleep bone against bone, but if you have to sleep alone, I'll hang my moon outside your window to brighten your night like our love brightened my life like Christmas trees and phosphorescence and vega, the fifth brightest star in the sky. That was Dia Divina and Smoke Signal. So I'm going to bring Mama Oladeji back on the air. Hey there, Mama. Okay. Hello. Okay, so I'm going to do a piece for you called, um, let me see. Um, I'm going to go to critique. To an old post, to an old post I had in there, and do the movie in our minds. Okay. The movie in our minds. Let us don't do much together. We are old. Let's lay around speaking of our past lives. Let's speak our past lives into mind movies. Let's share pictures from our past and tell our stories to each other. Only this time, I'll be traveling with you. When you get to that scary place, I will hold you. When Soji, the Nigerian, kidnapped me by gunpoint, you will save me. So let's don't do much together. Your love will be my intercessor. Let us just Rehash the lies we lived apart together. We are old now. Let's make sparks fly every chance we get. Let us eat exotic fruit and drink wine coolers in the summer. Let us be as funky or as fresh as we want to be. Let us shower together, and bathe separately. I have to meditate on my new episode, and I have to give you space during my bath time. I smell the incense burning in the next room. I know you miss me. Baths are sacred. I know you want me to hurry, but baths can't be hurried. You call my name. Write it down, I answer. I'll be there in a while. Soon, I'll join you with a big cup of exotic tea. Again, I transpose myself into your old world. I am here with you. My attention is all yours. Your eyes Search mine, checking to see if I'm all in. You know, what you're about to tell me requires my complete concentration. You need me on this journey. This one defines your character, your spirit, your essence. I must sojourn with you into the depths of your soul, to the chaos has dysfunctioned your dreams. 
We hold on to each other and become as one. We sexually grab each other like an endangered species. For us, there may be no tomorrow. We sexually engage like there may be no future. We are old folks caught in a young moment. Like when you needed me and I was not there, we continue not doing much together. But we are all caught up with what time has lost. I remember in the mind movie that you took me to a beach where you lived and replaced her with me. You know, the cheating woman who nearly destroyed your ability to feel, she disappeared. We cut the reel. Yes, I got her part in your life movie. I changed the lines that we shot when we shot that retake. Then I simply lived it over and over like some modern-day goddess. I'm here with you. I'm by your side. I'm right behind that bathroom door requiring nothing of you, loving the past out of you, loving you into the future. But for now, I am experiencing your aura, basking in your energy and getting excited by your existence. Over and over again. And when we are bored of doing nothing, we can seek refuge in the rainforest, studying healing herbs or drinking from the fountain of youth. We rewrite, rewrite our stories of poetry from the movies downloaded in our minds. And we shall grow old youthfully old together. We remove our garments and dance, the beginning of our new lives, sponsored by love's second chance. In peace. Mama, I love that. I I, I did get slightly concerned about the, the talk of cutting out that other leading woman, though. Um, that that kind of made me feel like, you know, <laughs> be careful or mama going to cut you. <laughs> well, she was the one that caused all the pain in your life. So when we're doing the movie, the retake, we just mm-hmm. cut the reel. We just cut her ah. cut her out of the reel, the movie reel. We don't cut her. We cut her out of your life in the mind movie. Mm. What the mind movie do? <laughs> I'm just picturing the you, you there with them see. scissors. <laughs> no, no, we cut the real. We don't cut the woman. Mm-hmm. She get cut out of the picture. <laughs> I know that's what you're saying, but what I'm interpreting is something different. <laughs> um, no, because see, you gotta remember in the mind movie, all the stuff has already been done. So what we're doing mm-hmm. is replaying it, so that if the movie is shown to the real world after we pass on. We're going to present hmm. the movie the way we wanted to live it, um, you know, no. you know, not the way that it what turned out. We are re-taking the shots, re-editing the words, and we're presenting the movie the way we wanted it to go. Life was That's perfect. What you do when, when you get old. See, when you get old, mm-hmm. you have nothing else to do. 
but dance around on the beach with pink hair and and you have on your um, tie-dye T-shirts and you're going back in history. So you're basically going back in your mind and making the movie come out the way you want it. It's called the movie in your mind. (laughs) Okay, so take me away from, don't let me be the villain in my own movie. Thanks, Christopher. I don't well, think well, anybody could so ever much. have you be a villain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Mom. So you wait, You said Gina's coming on behind me. She is. After uh, area code four one nine, we've got some of our line issues sorted out a little bit. Oh, okay, no problem. All right, I'm gonna put you back on hold, Mama. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Area code 419, you are on the air. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. Who am I speaking to this evening? Uh, this is Melvin. Hey, Melvin. Hold um, on here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to do a poem It's called Brother to Brother Okay Brother to Brother I said you're my brother From the motherland of my ancestors We met on foreign soil Where turmoil and strife Were everyday life We were bound by the common ground Of our heritage We share experiences of the same kind From the primitive mind Of that unrefined coagulation Of a, na- of a nation The mock texture of our skin With stabbing grin behind our back, only because of a lack of understanding. Brother to brother, I say to my brother from the mother, not of my heritage, unknown to me because it was stolen from the fathers of a father's father, and suppressed by those blue-eyed creatures of virtue. They preyed, preyed upon us and turned us into cattle and sheep. They caused black mothers to weep in dark corners of dingy wooden sheds, on straw beds, praying that the child inside them would never be born in that forlorn place of human disgrace. And yet, we kindled when we met. And centuries of forgotten past came fast with new meaning and deeper understanding. Brother to brother, I'll say to my brother, from the mother man, motherland of my beginning, ours was the creator of civilization, a nation of great kings from whence came the minds of Solomon, Mali, and Tut. The shadows of our temples cast upon the Nile the songs of birds grew up lions and splashed the crocodiles. The jungles nourished us and shielded us from the elements. Yet we became elements of one another. And civilization was the culture. Brother to brother. I say you, my brother, from the motherland I have never seen, but no. We met on foreign soil. We discussed Garvey. We listened to old Latundi and Coltrane. We talked about life, death, joy, pain. Love, hate, and the fate of black people. We drank rum and coke and spoke of our ambitions. Gave definitions to things that we could never understand. And the poem was actually written for, um, I, was, uh, I was in the Air Force. I was stationed in the Philippines. So make a long story short, I, I, I um, was attending the University of Philippines. And I was taking a, a, a course in African literature from a, uh, a visiting professor from Sierra Leone. Uh, hmm. Whose name is Sarah Cheney Coker, 
and we became really good friends. And when I got out of the Air Force, he came here and uh, spent about a month with, me, with my family and I. And so hmm. I kind of wrote that poem as a tribute to him and the relationship that we, you know, developed and and and, and nourished, you know, uh, over the years. That was wonderful. I I really kind of enjoyed it because yeah, there was very much that feeling of this connection, not just not just sitting there and being in front of someone, but really this intellectual kind of connection, and yeah, kind of overcoming well <laughs> the beginnings of big ones. That was wonderful. Thank you. Okay, Melvin, do you have a second piece that you'd like to read? Um, yeah, I have a second read. Uh, let's see. Uh, real quick. Uh, okay, this is one co- uh, entitled... Uh, um, evolution. It's it's uh, in my uh, my book entitled Tears from the Hood. Uh, I was a lonely man. I was caught up in searching for material things. The almighty dollar for me had wings that could lift me from the turmoil the depression brings. See, I wandered about having no direction. My life was afflicted with the money infection. Dealing and stealing were only two of the means that I was in pursuit of the almighty dreams. I cared about nothing. I worried for naught. I wasn't aware that in a trap I was caught. On a downward spiral, my life was spinning. I was really losing, but I thought I was winning. There wasn't one person that I could call a friend. All of my associations were a means to an end. I didn't know love. I only knew lust, a person whom I could trust. I lived in a world that was cynical and clouded. My past, my future, it seemed with darkness was shrouded. I knew I was falling, but I didn't know where. But I was so disconnected that I didn't even care. I was dying while living, and I couldn't even tell that in my make-believe world, I had created my hell. I called on the blessing that my granny had gave me. I fell down on my knees, and I asked God to save me. He reached down and touched me, and I felt his glory. He said, I'm with you, my son. You have no need to worry. Your every transgression I can forgive, and you'll find salvation in the way that you live. For all of my children who might go astray, I sent my son Jesus to show them the way. Walk in his footsteps, give them your praise, and you will be blessed for the rest of your days. My soul has been cleansed, my burdens have vanished, and the life I was living for my world has been banished. So each evening, I go out into the night and thank my Heavenly Father for his guiding light and poem. Mm-hmm. That was a wonderful piece, a wonderful kind of story about, yeah, how Thank low you. we can be brought by our own devices and mm-hmm. the redemption that can be found. Yeah. Thank you very yes. much for sharing that, Melvin. Thank you. How can people find you? No, I was waving pretty furiously. <laughs> You can find me on Facebook under Melvin D. Johnson. Uh, I'm also on YouTube under the same name. Okay. Once again, Melvin. Okay, thank you.
All right. So I think last up for this evening, we're going to bring Gina Storm back on. Gina, are you with me? Oh, I guess not. Well, now I'm sad. Okay. Well, I suppose on that note, we will close out the show with uh, one last track. Just wanted to thank everyone again for calling in, for listening, for sharing their hearts, for sharing their words. And as always, my thanks go out to Nyla and the Speakeasy Cafe. We'll see you next week. I love you guys. <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone. All right, we're going to play a track by Andrea Gibson. This is Asking Too Much. Good night, everybody. I want you to tell me about every person you've ever been in love with. Tell me why you loved them, then tell me why they loved you. Tell me about a day in your life you didn't think you'd live through. Tell me what the word home means to you, and tell me in a way that I'll know your mother's name just by the way you describe your bedroom when you were eight. See, I want to know the first time you felt the weight of hate And if that day still trembles beneath your bones Do you prefer to play in puddles of rain Or bounce in the bellies of snow And if you were to build a snowman Would you rip two branches from a tree to build your snowman arms Or would you leave your snowman armless For the sake of being harmless to the tree And if you would Would you notice how that tree weeps for you Because your snowman has no arms to hug you Every time you kiss him on the cheek you kiss your friends on the cheek? Do you sleep beside them when they're sad, even if it makes your lover mad? Do you think that anger is a sincere emotion, or just the timid motion of a fragile heart trying to beat away its pain? See, I want to know what you think of your first name, and if you often lie awake at night and imagine your mother's joy when she spoke it for the very first time. I want you to tell me all the ways you've been unkind. Tell me all the ways you've been cruel. Tell me, knowing I often picture Gandhi at ten years old beating up little boys at school. If you were walking by a chemical plant where smokestacks were filling the sky with dark black clouds, would you holler, poison, 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 really loud? Or would you whisper, that cloud looks like a fish and that cloud looks like a fairy? Do you believe that Mary was really a virgin? Do you believe that Moses really parted the sea? And if you don't believe in miracles, tell me, how would you explain the miracle of my life to me? See, I want to know if you believe in any God, or if you believe in many gods, or better yet, what gods believe in you. And for all the times you've knelt before the temple of yourself, have the prayers you asked come true? And if they didn't, did you feel denied? And if you felt denied, denied by who? I want to know what you see when you look in the mirror on the day you're feeling good. I want to know what you see when you look in the mirror on the day you're feeling bad. I want to know the first person who ever taught you your beauty could ever be reflected on a lousy piece of glass. If you ever reach enlightenment, will you remember how to laugh? Have you ever been a song? Would you think less of me if I've told you I've lived my entire life a little off-key and I'm not nearly as smart as my poetry. I just plagiarize the thoughts of the people around me who have learned the wisdom of silence. Do you believe that concrete perpetuates violence? And if you do, I want you to tell me of a meadow where my skateboard will soar. See, I want to know more than what you do for a living. I want to know how much of your life you spend just giving. And if you love yourself enough to also receive sometimes. I want to know if you bleed sometimes from other people's wounds. And if you dream sometimes that this life is just a balloon that if you wanted to, you could pop. But you never would because you never wanted to stop. If a tree fell in the forest and you were the only one there to hear, if its fall to the ground didn't make a sound, would you panic and fear that you didn't exist or would you bask in the bliss of your nothingness? And lastly, let me ask you this. If you and I went for a walk and the entire walk we didn't talk, 
Do you think eventually we'd kiss? No, wait. That's asking too much. After all, this is only our first date.